President Tsai Ing-wen has issued a call for vigilance against COVID transmission. Speaking to reporters at the DPP headquarters in Taipei on Wednesday, Tsai noted a recent surge in imported COVID cases. She said that while Taiwan has had success against the virus so far, those gains could still be reversed in the months ahead if people became negligent. Ahead of International Volunteer Day on December 5th, President Tsai and Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan presented awards to outstanding volunteers of the year. We have 413 volunteers with us today who have won gold medals. Each of them has served at least 8,000 hours. It's no small accomplishment. Not a few of them are more than 80 years old. It's really quite admirable. I say they deserve a round of applause. President Tsai was also at the DPP headquarters on Wednesday. Before entering the meeting with the Central Standing Committee, she stopped by the press corps to give a prepared statement about COVID-19. A few days earlier, our daily imported case count suddenly rose to 24, which shows that overseas the pandemic is still very serious. To describe it in terms of baseball, the winner of this game against COVID-19 will not be known until the second half of the ninth inning. In the face of the pandemic, we must not lose our lead due to negligence at this stage in the game. In her statement, President Tsai listed out COVID precautions in detail. This was the second week that she's spoken straight to journalists at the DPP headquarters to assure the public on Taiwan's COVID defense. A global alliance of lawmakers has launched a campaign to support Australian winemakers after China hit Australian wines with devastating import taxes last week. The campaign was started by the Interparliamentary Alliance on China, which is composed of lawmakers from 19 countries. Remember, we are asking you all to join us in standing against Xi Jinping's authoritarian bullying. By drinking a bottle or two of Australian wine and letting the Chinese Communist Party know that we will not be bullied. Cheers and also say no bullying from China. Taiwan and Australia have worked closely during the pandemic and we are both free democracies. At a time when Australia is under huge pressure, our administration is assessing the most suitable way for the people of Australia to feel Taiwan's warmth. In addition to President Tsai's support for Australia, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has posted a photo on Twitter of two Australian wine bottles with the caption, We stand in solidarity with Australia. Taiwan's embassy in Vatican City has put up a photo of a wine cellar in a post that read, Solidarity is not a trend or a fashion, but rather the result of concrete acts. Human Rights Day is observed each year on December 10th. One week ahead, lawmakers and activists held a forum in Taipei advocating for the human rights of Falun Dafa practitioners in China. Foreign speakers denounced China for its brutal crackdown on the spiritual group, which has gone on for at least two decades. The panel says Falun Gong practitioners were being rounded up and imprisoned, with some later murdered and their organs harvested for transplant. NTU Honorary Professor Min Zhizheng says Falun Dafa practitioners in China are subject to brutal treatment. In this photo of a corpse, you can see an incision from here to here. 
but the bottom half is covered up, so we don't know how far down the cut goes. Like this, they can take out the lungs, the heart, the liver, the kidneys, but you can't tell if they took out the kidneys. You say this can save a life? This is taking a life. I will never forget those phone calls. The nurses and the doctors sounded so friendly and passionate, but they were selling organs. One by one, speakers shared horrifying accounts. For decades, China has been in a crusade against Falun Dafa. Practitioners who were caught faced severe punishment. The speaker said many are tortured to death, while others are killed for their organs. Ahead of the 70th Human Rights Day on December 10th, the Taiwan Association of Falun Dafa has organized a forum with academics, doctors and lawmakers calling for an end to the persecution of Falun Dafa practitioners in China. A petition on the issue has already gathered signatures from almost 700 lawmakers in 32 countries. In Taiwan, nearly 40 legislators have backed the petition. The ultimate goal is, of course, that China becomes a democratic nation, even if we don't know when that day will come. If Xi doesn't fall, China won't get better. Calling for basic human dignity can get you persecuted or tortured. I believe that's completely unacceptable. Lawmakers from several parties condemned China's human rights violations. They called out Beijing for persecuting Falun Dafa, demanding the release of all imprisoned practitioners. You've seen them playing at National Day parades and New Year's Day galas. But how much do you know about the Ministry of National Defense Symphony Orchestra? The elite band had to forego its annual show at the National Concert Hall this year due to COVID, but they're still practicing regularly. Our reporter went down to their rehearsal for a sneak peek. The world-famous Can-Can fills the room. Its brisk, lively tune has an especially martial skip to it in the hands of the Ministry of National Defense Symphony Orchestra. or soothing, the orchestra renders each piece beautifully. Performing at high-profile national ceremonies is hardly less pressure than taking to the front line. Of course, the proudest part is my own composition, Standing Up for Health. When the virus began to spread to the whole world, up to today when we're able to successfully defend against it and even to share our experience with the world, that was all in my process creating this piece. We join in events like National Day and New Year's Day. National Day is really hot and New Year's Day really cold, but for me, it's all just different experiences. In recent years, the orchestra has blended pop songs into its National Day repertoire to a warm reception. But just like the rest of the armed forces, the orchestra members are selected very carefully to be not just the face, but the sound of the nation. Every year in the officer's exam, they go through very vigorous selection. Almost all of them are music majors or they've spent time abroad. That's how they're so good. Although the orchestra's annual performance at the National Concert Hall had to be called off this year due to the pandemic, they continue to practice hard, ready for when they're called up once more. One of the islands in the Zhengwen Reservoir has some wild residents on it, over 100 Taiwanese boars, and now it has become a tourist destination. Visitors can travel to the island by boat and feed the hawks, an activity that has attracted parents and their kids. Just before arriving at the island, the boat plays an aria from the Puccini opera to Rendot. 
This prompts the animals to rush out to the shore and welcome visitors. One boatman said that in the early days, he only had to honk his horn and the boars would come down to the shore. But over the past few years, the boars had stopped showing up no matter what noise he made. As he searched for new ways to attract them, he never imagined that he would find Western opera so moving. The central bank is facing scrutiny from the control yuan over currency intervention. The central bank received a letter of inquiry from the control yuan regarding its recent intervention in the foreign exchange market. Central Bank Governor Yang Jinglong tried to dispel lawmakers' concern that the government watchdog agency was stepping over its bounds, saying that the control yuan was merely speaking more information about trades being conducted to curb the rise of the new Taiwan dollar. In sending the letter, the control yuan was only trying to get an understanding of the situation. To rein in the rise of Taiwan's currency, the central bank has been under pressure to intervene in trading and take other steps to hold the line. Its efforts to curb appreciation have prompted a letter of inquiry from the control yuan. A lawmaker took issue with the letter on Wednesday. The control yuan, be it the president or any of its committee members, has no jurisdiction whatsoever over this matter. KMT lawmakers said the central bank was an independent agency and that the control yuan was overreaching with its letter. They also asked the central bank if Taiwan was at risk of being deemed a currency manipulator by the U.S. The list should have been announced in October, but it's still not out. Going by the three criteria for currency manipulation, if the criteria aren't changed, then it is very likely that we will meet two of them. Property speculation was another focus of inquiry. If housing prices soar, the central bank may selectively administer control on credit. Is that interpretation correct? Yes, you could say that. Officials said Wednesday that appropriate measures would be taken to manage the housing market, not to artificially depress prices, but to ensure that the market operates rationally. The internet is buzzing over one man's confession that he hacked the receipt lottery. A man from Kaohsiung said he won $8,400 in the latest lottery. He skewed the odds in his favor by collecting thousands of receipts from very small purchases. He collected 4,600 receipts by buying 4,600 plastic bags for one NT each. Now that's dedication. So is it also a foolproof way to strike it rich? Let's hear it from an expert. If you're using this method of making small purchases to rack up the receipts, you will have to go to a lot of different stores. So the cost of your time has to be factored in. If you convert the price to a wage, you might only end up with 50 NT an hour. If it takes one minute to buy one bag, this lotto winner spent 4,600 minutes buying all his bags. That's 76 hours, which works out to an hourly wage of just 50 NT. The Ministry of Finance, which runs the lottery, says it's not worth the trouble as the chance of any electronic receipt winning is only about 0.7%. But the ministry also says that the strategy is perfectly legal. The pandemic has made an impact on people's spending habits. High street consumer retail has plummeted, especially in Taipei's glittering commercial districts. With no foreign tourists around and consumers preferring the safety of shopping online, many brick and motor stores are struggling to stay afloat. And that's changing the face of downtown Taipei. 
for rent signs adorn stores up and down the street. This is Taipei's East District, an upmarket shopping area. But with sky-high retail rents, many shops have been forced out of the area. This prime spot at an intersection was vacated by Lion Travel last year. After sitting empty a while, a bargain sales company has moved in. It's quite the change. Before the coronavirus, an average size shop here would fetch rents of 30,000 NT per ping. Now that's dropped to 12,000 NT, but landlords are still struggling to win companies back. Some streets are on a continuous chain of sales. Online retailers are on the ascent right now, including food delivery platforms. So lots of restaurants and fashion retailers, for example, are trying to get into the online or delivery market. Let's compare the rental rates of Taipei's top four commercial districts. At its lowest ebb, East District had a 13.7% vacancy rate. Ximending was 9% empty at its nadir. Taipei Main Station Shopping District 9.4% and the Zhongshan Nanxi area 3.3%. The pandemic has shaken up Taiwan's retail industry. With tourist numbers decimated and online retail booming, brick-and-mortar stores are reeling and landlords will have to adapt too. Chrysanthemums are in full bloom here in Taiwan, and there's no better place to enjoy them than the Shiling residence. This year's festival is a resplendent showcase of 200,000 chrysanthemums across 13 exhibitions. For Mosa News reporter Stephanie Yang went for a look. Behold, a pom-pom Purin sculpture composed of plants and flowers. The cute characters and his friends are center stage this year at the Shilin Residence Chrysanthemum Show. The opening event was attended by 50 ambassadors and representatives to Taiwan. We are finding this, um, uh, this display very, very beautiful. First time for us to see such a beautiful display of flowers. It's been very, very good. I just hope that we had that that uh, the display is done by someone uh, chief, and she's got she's the only person that has this skill. Maybe we need to take her to our country, Nauru, to introduce something like as beautiful as this, and then probably that will help yeah, imp improve or uh, increase our cooperation between Nauru and and Taiwan. The First Lady of Nauru arrived in Taiwan in October for a medical checkup. Over the past two months, she has had plenty of time to explore the island. She plans to stay in Taiwan till December. Being invited here today is a privilege and an honor to see, and I'm so grateful to see you. And I, what? And it really amazes me how the structures were made and the different flowers. This is my second time here in Taiwan. I came here last year with my husband on a presidential trip here and um, so but I never get to see a lot because we had a lot you know the schedule was really tight but this trip is a memorable one. The 2020 Shilin Residence Chrysanthemum Show has kicked off. This year there are 13 exhibition areas.
There are exhibition areas showcasing chrysanthemums arranged in all sorts of shapes, including fairies, castles, and toy blocks. At the event, the ambassador of St. Kitts and Nevis, Jasmine E. Huggins, said she hoped for further trade and tourism exchanges between Taiwan and St. Kitts and Nevis. Our country is heavily dependent on tourism, so we would like to have many more tourists from Taiwan coming to St. Kitts and Nevis. We have uh, tropical flowers. Uh, we also have uh, lots of orchids. Not so. I don't think we grow that many chrysanthemums, so that might be an area where we can develop uh, better relationships with respect to trade and uh, maybe exchanges, because uh, there's some parts of Taiwan whose climate is similar to ours, so perhaps uh, further in the south it's more warm. He Qihua, a senior official at Taipei City's Public Works Department, said the show attracted 650,000 people last year. But due to the pandemic, this year only about 450,000 people are expected to visit. Organizers hope that this year's show will attract more young adults and children. Our chrysanthemum show tends to attract older people. This year, we hope to lower the average age with younger people and families with children. There are 13 exhibition areas featuring toys that we played with when we were young, such as spinning tops, water guns, wooden horses, and things like that. The quality of our chrysanthemums is even better than in previous years, and there are more flowers. There are more than 200,000 flowers in the entire garden. In fact, this big chrysanthemum, for example, can't be found anywhere else. It's a variety cultivated by the Parks and Streetlights office at the Taipei City Public Works Department. Flowers aren't the only draw for the festival, which is now in its 19th edition. Music and dance performances will also delight crowds every weekend until December 13th. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. One of Tainan's Japanese-era landmarks has just been launched as a hub for arts and culture. The old Tainan Magistrate residence was built in 1900 and has been listed as a historic relic for 30 years. But many Tainan residents have never been inside. Now the clock building, as it's also known, has gotten a revamp. It's planned as the next new hotspot for art, music and design. Classical music floats through the clock building as visitors enjoy tea, appreciate art, and soak in the atmosphere. The old Tainan Magistrate residence is 120 years old. Its two stories are surrounded on four sides by arched galleries. It used to be the residence of the Tainan Magistrate. It also serves as a salt bureau and the district office, among other things. But in all its former uses, there was never a chance to give it a more open setup. Tainan city government asked a design team to come and breathe life into the once distant historical landmark. Its new look makes it once more an impressive destination. A large team of interior designers and brands have joined with artists of all kinds to bring youthfulness and creativity back to the monument. Designers, artists, creators, craftspeople, cultural creatives, they've all come here and found a platform where they can be seen and discovered. The city hopes the revamp will make the clock building a popular lifestyle destination where history and modernity come together. Taiwanese pitcher Wei Ying Chen is once again a free agent after a short stint with Japan's Chipa Lotte Marines. The Marines has 
published its roster for next year, and Chen isn't on the list, after contract talks reportedly fell through. According to a Japanese news outlet, three teams and other leagues could be looking to snap up Chen. The Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles, the Yoimuri Giants, and the Hanshin Tigers. The report says that Chen is being represented by big-time sports agent Scott Boris, who could strike a deal that surpasses 100 million yen for the Kaohsiung native.